0: The latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Turn on the auto download. That way, you never miss a show. Scott Goldbranson back with you. The Raider Nation mailbag. It's Wednesday, right? We're halfway there During the week. Of course, the Raiders don't play till Monday night. So you have a little longer week this week until you get to see football again. But after the Chargers game, maybe just maybe you've seen enough. I don't know. You'll have to tell me. By the way, you guys uh, interact with me online. It sounds like uh, the frustration continues to grow. And certainly uh, you can understand why the Raiders at one and three. One in, seven, one in six, their last seven games, going dating back to last year. So the trend, we talked about that at length on yesterday's show. But today we're going to get to your mail. But first I want to talk about up front was if you saw over the last couple days the viral video, especially it was a TikTok video now, it's all over the place, of course, of Mark Davis sitting in a, a luxury suite at SoFi Stadium for the Raider Charger game and fans going by and scream, screaming at him, to fire Josh McDaniels. And then Davis's reaction to that was saying basically pointing at his head yelling back saying be smart, be smart, think about it whatever and then he kind of disengages in a little bit. But that's got a lot of a lot of heat. It's gotten a lot of coverage. Where I work and write up on sportsnot.com, we covered the story because it's it's kind of going around the NFL. Uh, of course, uh, uh, NBC covered it. Uh, everybody's covering it because it's just a story. You don't see NFL owners usually interacting. And the question I had from my good friend Christopher Gabriel out on KMJ in Fresno was, why is he so low? Like, why is he outside right there? Usually the owner's boxes are not anywhere near where a fan can accost the owner. Now, I'm not excusing it. I think the feedback you all have as Raider Nation to the owner is important. Will it matter? Don't know. It's a business. (laughs) So... What fans want isn't necessarily the best thing for the franchise. Fans are frustrated because they don't see anything improving. They've seen this show for 21 games, and they don't like what they're seeing on the field. They don't like the product. They don't like how many parts of this team have regressed. We talked about it yesterday. The offensive line regressed. You've seen it all over. There has not been really this this whole idea of preaching patience and even I did that a little bit. in the office hey, look, they're not going to go to the Super Bowl in 2023. Not going to happen. <clears throat> but you have to see progress. And that's the thing I hear from all of you, the frustration over the lack of progress. So these fans, you know, again, we live in a strange world where people will do stuff like this for social credit. You know, oh, I'm shooting a video on my thing that whatever. Now, you, you tell an owner, it happens. Owners get booed. Everything happens. It's not it's not out of the realm, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just real interesting. And and again, I have to say, as my buddy uh, and my co-host, Mo Moten, said yesterday, it goes to the top of the organization. So if you want to blame somebody, then you have to look at Mark Davis. He's the guy who hires everybody. It's his team. He runs it. It's his business. And if if the results aren't good, he owns it. But him engaging with a fan yelling at him at the stadium, uh, look, I know he considers himself an everyday kind of guy, and in, in many ways he is. He's very accessible compared to other NFL owners who are, you know, quadruple billionaires like Jerry Jones. These guys have security; they, they don't get a chance to interact with fans that much. So, so I get that piece of it. But you know, if he had it back, I'm sure he would have just rather not answered. But anyway, it's caused this uproar and this kind of discussion around, you know, what what do you do? And I love the meme that so many of you use on x.com and other places which is the breaking news graphic like you see on the network television saying, "Hey, the team doesn't really care what you think and they're going to move ahead without you." That is true to a certain degree. Now, the money, you you hurt how do you hurt teams when they're not doing well or making good decisions and taking their fans for granted? Ticket office, right? You don't buy tickets. You see it in baseball a lot. I think baseball is more of a sport because you don't sell, unlike football, you don't sell tickets in mass, most places. Stadium wise, it's a season ticket holders. like It's not sold out before the first game of 162, or in this case, 81 at home happens. Whereas the Raiders were sold out. They have PSLs, the whole thing. We know that story from when the stadium was founded and built. So now you have that, and, and if that's the case, like how do, you, how do you tell the team you're not happy? Well, these guys did it. They, they saw the owner, and they told them. Uh, and that might be the only way now, because look, all those seats are sold. It doesn't matter if they're bought by visiting fans or not. The Raiders get their revenue. So they're not going to feel it in the pocketbook if you guys are all mad and don't want to pay to watch the product, because they already got people to pay to watch the product, no matter what the product is. That's the modern NFL. I mean, there's a lot of lot of cities like that. Now, over time that can start to wane. And we'll see that it will if the Raiders can't turn things around. But I know it's frustrating. And then you guys just want answers. You want people to react to having your franchise be a better, better team and having your team perform better. So I get it, but it's real hard. I think it's it's unlike the past when, yeah, ticket sales would go down, but now you got them all sold out in advance. So we'll see. But anyway, that was just a story that was out there. <laughs> and we're going to get to your email. And I'm going to read you, for those of you watching on YouTube, thank you, by the way, subscribe, hit the notifications bell. But I'm going to read you these emails that we've gotten in. We've got some good ones. Um, <clears throat> and of course, from all over the country, all over the world, I'm going to start with this one because, of course, after the last game, everybody wants everybody fired. And I understand. It's frustration. It's disgust. It's disgust. Watching it again and again and again for 25 years gets old. I get that piece of it. Uh, so here it is. This is Jeff in Chicago. Jeff in Chicago writes, he says, Hey guys, I have a question about Ziegler. I've been preaching stability, but with Josh getting out coached in every single game, I think it's close to hopeless and he needs to go. Dave has been building this team in Josh's vision. Assuming Josh is fired. Do you think it would be smarter to restart the GM head coach relationship or keep Dave and have him hire the new head coach? With this quarterback class, it's a perfect time to reset and focus on building the team around a top quarterback. That is Jeff in the town of my birth. Yes, I was born in Chicago. Jeff in Chicago. Thanks man, appreciate your your note. So, this question is about Ziegler. And and it's a good question because I, you know, we talked a lot about Giving Ziegler a pass, you have to see a couple drafts. It's really interesting because the the idea, and they did come as a package deal, they're close friends. We all know that story. But I will say this it's business, right? If you're a Godfather fan, you know what I'm talking about. So it's business. So if if the Raiders cannot move down the road to being successful on the football field then you have to make a choice. Ultimately, that choice is the owners. I think Mark Davis has to make that call. I don't think Dave Ziegler is making it on his own, and I don't think Dave Ziegler is, is stupid, though. It's his career, too. It's not just Josh McDaniels' career. It's his career. And so he's got to decide um, that. But assuming that McDaniels gets fired, I think, is wrong. I, I know what you guys are going to say to me, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that he should keep his job if he has a horrible year. I just don't think, and I know the, the, the rumors and people who are ill-advised out there, oh, he can't afford to pay a fired second coach. Okay, six most valuable franchise in the United States, the Raiders, right? So you look at that, and, and I don't buy it. Unless somebody wants to show me proof of that and give me a source that tells them that, uh, they're just not informed well and I'm talking about some people I really respect as reporters out there still saying this narrative, which is not correct. But let's just say for the sake of Jeff's email that he does fire Josh McDaniels. Does he get more of a chance? He does. At the same time, we got to look at what is the record we've seen from Dave Ziegler so far last year coming in late, what they were able to do, what they were able to draft Parham up front. Okay. Outside of that, well, you're starting to see, I think, Divine Diablo develop under this regime. But in the draft this year, you had Tyree Wilson, who's getting better, had his best game. Clearly, starting to, I think the game is starting to slow down for him. At least he's not all the way there yet. Number seven pick, he's got a, he's got a long way to go. But you can't really judge that one yet. And here's the other interesting thing. And this is where, where you th- if you think that Ziegler is going to go to bat for and constantly protect Josh McDaniels because they're buddies, this is where I say you're wrong. Because, look, you went out. I'm using this. We talked about it yesterday. And it just, as, as somebody who covers the team, it makes me just throw my hands up and go, what the hell is going on over there? Your second round pick, Michael Mayer, lauded universally as a Steal in the second round. He was projected all season long last year to go in the first round, to be the first tight end taken. Doesn't have the greatest combine, but anyway, so he falls a little bit. Raiders are able to grab him. What a catch. Great. Got him. Then in the third, Trey Tucker, a pick I was skeptical about, and I still think he's a developmental project, but still, your third round draft pick, your second and third round draft pick are not playing. Or if they are playing... I think Michael Mayer has two catches, including the one two-point conversion. Trey Tucker does not have a catch, if I if I remember correctly, in the regular season. So your first-round pick isn't ready because of injury. We knew that was going to happen. So, okay. Second-round pick, don't use him. Don't target him. Third-round pick, don't use him. Don't target him. That's the coach's prerogative. The GM doesn't tell the coach who to start. So if I'm the GM and I said, dude, I just gave you these tools. And you're not using them. So so I, I think that this idea that Ziegler and McDaniels are always going to be a package deal isn't necessarily true. So let's just assume, again, back to Jeff's point, that you fire Josh McDaniels at some point this year or after this year. <clears throat> I don't think it's smarter to restart the GM head coach position thing. I don't think that that happens. It doesn't happen very often where it's the GM bringing... I mean, the GM likes to hire the coach, Right? Uh, and, and clearly bringing them in at the same time hasn't been a good idea so far for this, this, this regime. So I, I think Dave Ziegler gets an opportunity. I think the head coach role, the owner has a lot of say in that. Now, that has not been a good thing for this team, but we'll have to see what they do. Uh, but I don't know. I think, I think you're going to have Dave Ziegler there even if Josh McDaniels uh, doesn't cut it and gets cut sometime this year and fired or after the season which I I still don't think will happen no matter how much you guys want it to or how much I think it may be necessary. I don't make the decision. You don't make the decision. So anyway, so there you go. And about the QB class. Yes. So the quarterback class, whether it's uh, Drake may, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's, and we know Sanders is not going to come out. Shadour Sanders is going to wait till, till 2025, the 2025 draft. Yep. I got it. So, so I, I don't, The class is amazing. And you're right. You have to build your football team in the NFL around the quarterback. Look at the Houston Texans. I rest my case. And I'm still mad at all you out there who said, oh, CJ Stroud's not worth drafting." up for. What good quarterback ever came out of Ohio state? Hmm. Have you seen the Texans two and two and man, they're banged up with injuries. And you know what they do? They're two and two. They just keep winning a couple games here. And by the way, C.J. Stroud, a man, uh, just a man, he has come out and just taken on the leadership mantle and been incredible. So that's what you need. That's what you need in the NFL. So the, the Texans, they're a long way from competing for a championship. Don't get me wrong. But they got the guy. I know, granted, it's only been four weeks, so we'll see. But if he continues on the trajectory he's on, they got their guy. So yes, I do think, Jeff, that... If 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 this losing streak or if the Raiders season continues to languish, then yes, it's not tanking. Oh, this people with the tanking crap. I'm so tired here. Tank for this. Tank for that. No, no. What you do is you start to play for the future. I know it's semantics, but these are competitive guys who get paid to play football. You don't tell. You don't go tell Max Carlson, Hey, Max, you guys just need to lose games so you can get a quarterback. You think he's going to do that? Hell no. Hell no. By the way, did you see Richard Sherman? video this week saying that Max Crosby's being wasted in Las Vegas and that he needs to go somewhere where he's appreciated and used properly. <laughs> oh, is that an indictment on the coach and the organization? You betcha. Is it deserved? You betcha. Until proven otherwise, everybody. So, when you guys talk about why the national media doesn't do this or talk about this with the Raiders, it's because there's a mutual and universal disrespect for the organization because of what's happened around it so i know that's not exactly uplifting but that's what that's the truth so i'm gonna tell you the truth i'm not gonna lie to you here so that's it but yes i think that whoever if they do go for a new coach after this season and they have the same gm or whatever the situation becomes uh trying to get into that position you're not going to get to the number one pick whoever has the number one pick is not trading out of that spot i don't care what you offer them Caleb Williams is that good. He's not going to be moved. So whoever finishes the worst in the NFL, which I don't think will be the Raiders. I just don't. They have too much talent on offense. I don't know when it's going to click, but I just don't think it'll happen. So we'll see. But Jeff, thank you so much for your email. Uh, We certainly appreciate it. All right, we're going to take our first break here on the Wednesday Raider Nation Mailbag Edition of Silver and Black today, and then we'll come back. By the way, Mo is off today. He'll be back with us for tomorrow's show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Scalcol Brands, and This is Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Welcome back to the next segment. The next segment. Wait a minute. The next segment. Okay, okay, okay. All right, we had to put on the evil voice there. This is Silver and Black today. See what happens when I'm by myself, guys? I start playing, playing with all sorts of gadgets. All right. There you go. Um, it is Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. This is the mailbag edition of the show on Wednesday. Wednesday, October 4th. Yes, October 4th. And we're talking about uh, your questions, your comments into the mailbag. By the way, I should have done this at the top of the show, so excuse me, pardon me. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com, mail at silverandblacktoday.com is how you get in touch with us. Uh, you can send your question comments there, or you could tweet it at us or x.comment or exit. that how you say it? I don't know. know. Anyway, you can send it to us wherever you want. You can comment on the YouTube videos with your question. We will bring him here as well. So thank you for being back with me today on this solo edition of the mailbag. All right. So here we go. We go to our good friend once known as Derek Carr's hair on X.com. And I think he switched it to Jimmy Garoppolo's hair and maybe he's now Aiden O'Donnell's mustache. I don't know. Dorian, his name is Dorian. But Dorian, tell me what you're going by now, man. I, I I lost track. It's been such a crazy early season already, so let me know. But here he is. He says uh, he he just sends me a list. This doesn't even say, "Hey Scott, what's up? Mo, what's up?" No, it's a list, and it says number one. Guess what it is, folks? Fire McDaniel's. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most popular statement in all of Raider Nation this week, by the way. All right. Number two, trade whatever players you need to trade to get the number one pick. Yes, this includes Max. Wow. He wants to trade Max Crosby. Great player and a Raider for life. But if you don't have a QB, nothing else matters. Amazing. What we said coming out of the last segment, correct? And I don't disagree with him. I'll get to it in a second. Third, trade your next two to three number one picks. And four, hire Ben Johnson or Jim Harbaugh, draft Caleb Williams. Peace out. That is Dorian, a.k.a. Derek Carr here, a.k.a. Jimmy Garoppolo's here, a.k.a. I hope Aiden's mustache, but we'll see. All right, so let's get to this. Fire McDaniels, we know. Not going to happen yet. Number two, trade whatever players to get the number one. Here's the thing, though, Dorian. Again, whoever has the number one pick is not going to trade it. The only way the Raiders, and mark my words, I'll eat a shoe. The only way the Raiders get the number one pick is they finish as the worst team in the NFL. Only way. Only way. Also consider those terrible Chicago Bears who seemingly, even though Justin Fields had his best game, he still screwed up at the end. But he had a nice game. The Chicago Bears, clearly to me, them and the Broncos, the two worst teams in the NFL. Chicago Bears, not only, imagine the Bears. The Bears have the number two overall pick next year, as it's shaping up now. They could have one and two. <laughs> the Chicago Bears, there's a possibility, they could have one and two. They could get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State, the, the best wide receiver, probably the best player in the country. Can you imagine if you have the first and, the Bears could. They could have the first and second pick, depending what happens with their uh, the trade from Carolina and where they end up. Just, just remember that. It's going to be nuts. But they will not trade it if the Arizona Cardinals finish, which they've been scrappy, so I don't think they will. Or if the Broncos, I know the Russell Wilson contract, doesn't matter. They will take Caleb Williams, whoever has the first pick. So I hate to blow you. I understand what you're saying. And if you had a team, like, for example, if the Buffalo Bills were terrible but they had Josh Allen, okay, they're going to trade out of the number one pick. Maybe, maybe not, but most likely. Somebody like that. Okay, I get it, but I just don't think it's going to happen. All right, trade your next three number one picks. Why? There's good quarterbacks in the draft. The Raiders, If the Raiders finish in the bottom five, then maybe you trade some future compensation and you look at what quarterback you can get this season that you want to move up to try to get. Totally fine. So we'll see where that goes. Hire Ben Johnson, Jim Harbaugh. I think those are names you're going to hear. You're going to hear a lot of Harbaugh. Raider Nation always seems to be a big fan of the big name. And I get it. I don't know if Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan. He's been tempted before and he's been offered gigs before and he hasn't taken it. And frankly, I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to get fired. Not because I want that to be true. I don't wish for anybody to get fired. I'm just calling out that his performance has been terrible. Not my job to call for anybody to get fired. All I can tell you is I don't think he will be. I just, the way Mark Davis, I just don't think it'll happen unless something crazy, crazy happens. If they're one in 10, maybe. But I wouldn't go to sleep at night thinking you're going to wake up in a world where he's not the coach because I just don't think it's happened. All right, Dorian, as always, my man, we appreciate your question. I'm going to get to some more here too. By the way, do us a favor, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Also, make sure you check out the YouTube page if you're watching us there. Great. Hello. Hello, I'm waving. Um, Hit the subscription button and the notifications bell so you know uh, when we are there and ready to go. Uh, I'm looking for my man, Gary Harkin Reader, because he is our, he is on the, 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 um, Mount Rushmore of our emails. He always has good stuff, and I'm looking for his stuff here, so uh, bear with me for a second. There we go. Here is Gary's message. His, is a very, his are usually very long, but we're going to talk about You know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to Gary's message here on the Mailbag Edition. The Mailbag Edition of Silver and Black Today. This is Scott Cole Branson. Mo will be back tomorrow. We are getting through your questions and comments Don't go anywhere. It's Silver and Black Today, Odyssey Original Podcast. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today. Yes, it is the mailbag edition of the show. The final segment, the home stretch, as we call it around here on this edition of the show. We hope you're having a good week. I know your team lost, but hey, that's okay. Monday night, big stage again. Can the Raiders on the big stage against the Green Bay Packers, can they start to turn it around? Hey, man, all it takes is a step, step in the right direction. You can start to turn things around based on the sample size we have. I'm doubtful, but doesn't mean it's impossible. So for all the optimists out there, and there are a lot like our good friend, Just Win Wendy. Murph, those folks, hey, you never know. It can start with one game, even though you're down right now, I understand it. So do that. Also, reminder, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your audio do me a favor to make sure you check out Mo's Bleacher Report Lives, which he does as well. I think he's got one tonight as well. So check that out and after the game. And we also have our live post-game report. This week, we have a Monday night game. I don't think we're going to have a post-game report, but stay tuned for that anyway. I'll let you know for sure. And uh, please follow the show on Twitter, x.com. And that is SMB Today. I am at LV Gully. All right. Let's get to our man Gary Harkin Reader's Um email here all right because gary's always got some good stuff he says hey scott uh to be honest i shut the game off after the o'connell fumble the second time my only reference point at the this time is your post game show with murph we all talk about the buy-in trust the process the system only to have seemingly fallen on deaf ears i'm thinking maybe it's the definition of insanity quote repeating the same thing over and over again expecting a different result then i thought has the game passed mcdaniel's buy then i thought mcdaniel's hasn't bought into the Raider way. He seems to just want to culture cancel Al Davis. Interesting. So we need to develop a pledge for coaches and players quote, I pledge allegiance to Raider nation under the vision of Al Davis, pride and poise, commitment to excellence, the fire that burns the brightest and just win, baby are the cornerstones of the Raider way end quote to his vision and forge ahead, being more feared than respected and taking what we want, not what is given. There you go. He says, "Feel free to make your own pledge." Gary, good job, man. I like that one. Very good. Very good. Um, Has the game passed him by? You know, I don't. I mean, he's a young dude, and I don't think the concepts he's using. If you watch the offense, especially you watch the beginning of the game against the Chargers, you saw some. You saw some creativity on offense that we didn't see with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Some of that, that that quick fake pass, handoff combination he had some of the motion he had on the offense which was really good so I I, my my point back to you Gary would be I don't think the game has passed him by but I go back to last year when the Raiders were struggling and Mo and I were talking here on the show that I think that Josh McDaniels, one of his main problems you could call it ego I guess but to me it's not even really ego what it is it's you You think you're the smartest guy in the room. And so sometimes you outsmart yourself. You think too much. You think you know it all. Okay. And so so you just forge ahead. And so I've created a game plan. And I'm going to stick to it because that it's a brilliant game. It's a brilliant, brilliant game plan. Ah, oh, look at it. Look at it shine. Look at it glimmer. Oh, there's Khalil Mack he's killing us <gasps> but my game plan is beautiful right so it's it's one of those one of those situations where i think he's so smart and he is that he outsmarts himself we saw it last year this is what happened with those big blown leads we're not going to just i have the perfect plan almost robotic right so i think that's what happens i think that's what happens is he gets too comfortable thinking he's smart that's not meant to be an insult. I'm just diagnosing it based on what I've seen this year and last year. And so he doesn't, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks, you know, so Khalil Max killing you and we, oh, we tried to chip uh, him. We tried, dude, you got to find an answer or you get the result you got, right? Seven quarterback sacks, six of them from one dude. Now, great ball player. Great, great, great game. What an amazing defensive performance by Cleo Mack. But the Raiders didn't adjust. They didn't. I didn't see any jumbo package. I didn't see anything. Now, maybe I missed him. I haven't watched the film as much as I do in usual weeks because I've been busy. But i that's what I'm thinking, Gary. I'm thinking that the game hasn't passed him by. I'm thinking he might not listen to others. He might be too far into his own head that he doesn't see what's in front of him. Hell, that happens in my own life. Sometimes you do things and you're like, You get so wrapped up in a decision, you get so wrapped up in what you think is the best laid plans, that when you get challenged by it, or it's not working, you're very, very slow to admit that. Happens to everybody. I get it. Now, he's making millions of dollars to coach football, so how long it lasts is the problem. 21 games, you're 7-14 as the coach of the Raiders oof, you've lost twice as many games as you've won. It wasn't a torn down roster. <laughs> so, I, I again, I think this is part of the issue that Josh McDaniels has. But Gary, as always, man, certainly appreciate you sending in uh, uh, your note. And, and again, you guys, if you want to mail into the show, you want to send comments. It could just be comments, too. I'll even read insults on the air of me. I don't care. It is mail at silverandblacktoday.com, mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's interesting because I think when the Raiders aren't doing well, we still hear from you guys, right? But it's interesting how you get a little more quiet. People are really upset. And I get it. You just want your team to win. And so to me, that's that's a big deal. And, and I think that you, it's hard to stay positive, especially, the, you know, you get so excited about the beginning of the football season, right? Because we're only in the week four, now going into week five. So you're about a quarter of the way of the season through. You get all pumped up. Then your team wins that first game. You're 1-0. Whoa! And then Buffalo. And then Pittsburgh. And then LA. It's like, it's hard. But but don't, I mean, look, you still got to enjoy Football And you still got to enjoy your team, even when they piss you off, right? Because they piss you off all the time. I get this. Uh, But it's it's interesting to see how it'll all bear out. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, okay, we got another message here. This is from David. David is writing from Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello, peeps in Vegas. Um, David says, hey, Scott and Mo, here's my question. Why does the Raiders' offense... Looks so terrible. Why has the offensive line, which I thought was okay last year, why does it continue to get worse every single game? They used to block big holes for Josh Jacobs. Now they don't seemingly, or now seemingly they can't do any of that. Thanks. Peace out. Talk to you later. All right. There you go. Thank you, David in Las Vegas. It's a good question. I keep saying it. I don't know why, uh, if I get a chance on one of these trips, these road trips, when they go on a road trip, they get back and actually have the press conference on Zoom where you can ask questions. I would ask that question is why, why do you think coach McDaniels, it seems like the offensive line is struggling versus last year. What's going on there? Do Do you, have, have you have, do you have any observations on what's happening with your offensive line? That's it. Simple. Not a negative question. Just, Hey, they're not performing like they used to. I mean, it's an anomaly, right? What's going on? It's regressed. Now a lot of you incorrectly said they were terrible last year. That's not true. They started off rough the first 3 weeks of last season and then they got by the end of the year they were one of the better better offensive lines in the NFL and I say better like top 12. They had good pass protection, all that stuff. So I don't know what's going on there and that's the thing that's the thing that I I'm not an emotional fan. Nothing wrong with being an emotional fan. I'm just not one. So when I look at the Josh McDaniel situation, the coaching situation, and the organization, I look to those things. Why have you gone backwards? Like, that doesn't make sense. You can't – Josh Jacobs is getting hit behind the line of scrimmage more than he's able to get out in front of the line of scrimmage. Now, he had a better game against L.A., but they have a terrible run defense, and he still could only get 68 yards. So what's going on up front? Colton Miller just had a bad game. It happens. I'm not going to hold it against him. He does. Jermaine Illuminor gave up two sacks, had a bad game. But the troubling troubling trend here is that they cannot establish the run. So why do you have that running back if you can't establish the run? And in this offense, you guys all know how important it is for them to establish the run. So these are the questions that you need to ask. These are the questions taking off the fan hat and looking at the football perspective here. What do they need to do to fix it? I mean, clearly the discipline is lacking. The focus is lacking. We saw that with these penalties against the Chargers, and we saw it the last three weeks, frankly, with penalties. I'm not even talking about the Tillery penalty. By the way, the Tillery penalty. For those of you saying, oh, that's Raider football, no. That's why the Raiders are with And No, it's not Al Davis. Al Davis would not have loved it. He would not have loved it. Now, In the old days when you could hit people like that on the field or going out of bounds, yes. But that's when it was legal technically. Now it's not. And now you're under a microscope when you get near the quarterback. Right or wrong, that's just the way it is. So that's why you lose games is because you play like that. So for those of you cheering it on, you're so, so wrong. And that's why people don't respect teams and players who do it. So anyway... But but I get back to the original point, which is you have to ask for accountability. As Mo said yesterday on the show, it goes to Mark Davis. This organization, the the Richard Sherman video, talking about how Max Crosby should be out of Vegas because he deserves better, that tells you as much as it hurts. It tells you what people think of the organization. Now I know the good pieces of the organization because I deal with the organization. I was in Las Vegas. The stadium was built got to know the ownership, got to know former President Mark Bidane. I know the people, and and there's good there, too. Don't get me wrong. But the performance-based business that the NFL is, an entertainment business, the Raiders continue to fail at what their product is meant to be, which is a winning product. They fail Al Davis. They fail his legacy of building a winner. Save me the explanation about how Davis wasn't winning at the end of his life. I understand that. But – the concept of the Raiders, the, the, the commitment to excellence, all that stuff is hollow. It's completely hollow right now. You don't just get the respect. You have to earn it. That's what those teams did. They went out and they took respect. Hell, they didn't earn it. They just went out and said, you're going to respect us because we're going to beat the hell out of you. That's gone. You have to face it. It's gone. And so how do you get it back is the question. And that's the question that this team's going to have to ask itself the rest of the season as we only played a quarter of it. There's still time to turn things around. And it all starts on Monday night with the Green Bay Packers in Las Vegas. So we'll see how that all goes. All right. That's going to close it out for this mailbag edition of Silver and Black today. Hey, thanks for keeping me company. So I'm not by myself, you know, with Mo not here or Murph not here. I'm just going solo, man. But I appreciate appreciate you guys being here as always do us a favor subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio and turn on the auto download also on YouTube to the peeps on YouTube, which I love getting in there and chatting with you during the premiere of the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. By the way, give us feedback. The Thursday show there's Thursday night football. We usually go at 6 p.m. Pacific with our show videos. Should I go earlier? Tell me. Tell me what you think. Leave it in the comments below or uh, leave it uh, on x.com. Just tweet at me and say, hey, yeah, move the show from 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm watching football. Move it to earlier in the day cause, so I can watch on my lunch break. Whatever. You let us know and we will do it. But we certainly appreciate it. We also appreciate every single day the hard work of our producer, Mike Robbie. And above all else, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to us and uh, making this show a grand success, not because of me, not because of Mo, but because of you. So thank you for that one. We will talk to you tomorrow. Mo and I will be back. We're going to have a guest talk about the Packers. Yes, we're going to learn a little bit about the Green Bay Packers. We'll also get you up to date on the latest news coming out of Raiders headquarters, as well as uh, anything else that pops up for us here in Raider Nation. For everybody here at Silver and Black today, this is Scott Branson. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks again.